This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. We're back with another episode of the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV. Coach Luke, I'm excited to be sitting down with you again. And this week we're talking about probably what's one of the most asked questions that I hear people ask in the gym. I know you're constantly talking about this. It's one of the Green Strength pillars. Mm -hmm. The first one we talked about in the first episode, eat real food. So we need to break this down. We need to break this down on on what what Green Strength means by eat real food. So. I've gone all over the place in my time with nutrition. Nutrition's something that's like fascinated me and it's also captivated me and like I've fallen down the eating disorder track. I've done everything to where a lot of times I felt like I was uh, like actually doing an experiment and then I kind of like backtrack and I'm like no, no I'm just dis- I'm disordered now too. <laughs> you know, I've gone too far. I broke myself. But, yeah. <laughs> so what I try to teach and why it's a foundation of green strength It's a pillar. The eat real food is simple. I've taken all the different diets. I've taken all the questions out. The first thing you have to do as a human is eat real nutrient-dense foods. And we're talking about foods that come from the earth. You can pick them off a tree. Did it run, fly, swim? We're talking about real food. That's what human beings were designed to eat. We know these things, especially when we sit back and we really think about it. We know that real nutrient-dense foods from this earth are what we need to be you know, putting in our body. So what I tell everybody is there's no questions until you're 80, 90%. And I, I love the 80-20 principle. We'll probably talk about that a million times, but I think that's a healthy type of uh, place to try to get somebody. But 80-20 for a consistent period of time, you're eating real food. Okay, calories don't matter. I don't care about anything. I want you just eating real food. Now, what happens when you eat real food? A a host of things, you know, a host of things. Food provides the nutrition and the foundation for our entire well-being. You know, um, food, it dramatically affects our energy levels, our biochemistry levels, it affects how we feel, how we, our emotional state. I mean, food affects how we recover. Um, it does everything. I mean, it is a, it literally is the fuel for the way we, we think and move and, and do stuff. So it, it truly does matter. Um, as everybody knows, like when they've started eating a better, you know, eating better food than they were before, they start feeling better. Cognitively, they usually feel better. They start uh, probably losing a little weight. Inflammation goes down. Their sleep. These are just things that cascade off of eating a little bit better food. And everybody's seen that in somebody mm-hmm. at one time, you know. So I try to tell people, hey, we know what real food is. Comes from the earth. We try to get as new, you know as organic and as best source as possible. But we're not going to fight that battle. We want to get good quality food, and we want to make that at least eighty percent of our our intake consistently for a few months. And once you've done that, the, the irony here is that I've usually solved most problems. You know, if it was weight loss, they usually ended up losing weight. They started eating real nutrient dense, 
calorically, um, you know, not, not quite as many calories from the other crap that they were eating all the time. Then all of a sudden they lose weight and stuff just naturally. Then what I love about that approach also is it keeps people from, from being scared of certain macronutrients at first. Like I have to show somebody, even if they want to go on like a ketogenic or low carb diet, I have to show somebody, look, look, carbs are not the enemy right now. Like right now, the enemy is your lack of consistency with good nutrition that is fueling you to become the person you want to be. So if you want to make changes emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever it is in your body, you know, in your body, your mind, you have to have a solid foundation that's giving you the energy and the recovery ability and just the overall, you know, support to, to grow or, or heal. Um, and I, I say heal because there is a, a huge, huge world of um, just, you know, people that have gone through traumatic times in their life and that are very, very stressed and they're, they're overworked and their adrenals are, have gone to shit and they don't quite know what's going on and they still work out hard all the time. They're frustrated. And these people are just, you know, they're just stressed. Yeah. Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, it's a combination of both. And food literally helps us heal. Like we have to have that in abundance, stuff that's providing nutrients. And so as green strength, when anybody starts green strength, whether you're a professional athlete, you're an everyday person, I don't care what diet you were following. I don't care what you've been doing. We're going to eat real food first. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian, cool. It's real food. Maybe we're taking some of... You know, you're not going to eat the meats and stuff. Fine. Like real plants. <laughs> it's all right there. So we're still picking from the same table. We're still sitting at the same table here of, of real nutrient-dense stuff. But it doesn't matter. we got to get consistent there. That is the, the first and foremost thing um, that we need to get in control, especially if we want to look better, feel better, and move better. I, I really like that because it's – no matter what your goal is um, – you've got people that come in, like you said, that maybe they want to lose weight yeah. or you've got somebody like, like me who, when I first started coming to green strength, I would consider myself underweight. I was yeah. trying to put on some muscle, um, get stronger, those kinds of things. So I was maybe even trying to gain a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. Uh, you work with professional athletes, professional fighters. So they've got a goal in mind of, I've got this competitive thing I have to go engage yeah. in, but no matter what the underlying principle is, First of all, we have to fuel your body with real foods. Yeah. And so people that come in with those different goals probably have in their minds, there's all these different systems and things and ways that mm -hmm. they can lose weight or put on weight or whatever. But your philosophy is if we don't start from that baseline of eat real food, and then we can talk about what yeah. comes next. Um, you know, so if, for me, for example, if it's like, well, okay, you say you want to put on some weight. Well, I could tell you, just go eat as many calories as you want. You'll yeah. put on some weight. But let's look at where you're at now because you're going to then have to expend a lot of energy, lifting weights, working out, whatever, or you know, whatever, again, your goals yeah. are. you got to start with that foundation. Um, how, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. You've talked about that you've sort of experimented with yourself. Yeah. How did this be sort of the end point that you arrived at? Because I think a lot of people do have, have different ideas. There's been a lot of different systems that have come and gone yeah. and exist. And so, um, how did we end up here with this for such me, a underlying philosophy? For me, honestly, it was about freedom. It like, it made sense. I had a, a time when I think I've told the story where I, I know I've told you before, but like 
I looked at my T Nation website thing. Well, I used to buy supplements from this place called T Nation. Sure. From like t- 2003 to 2010. I started Green Strength in 2010. So this all kind of goes together. But 2003 to 2010, I was, uh, I was in what I consider the fitness world. I was in bigger gyms. I was trying to be a personal trainer. I was like doing all that stuff, doing youth athletics and training people. Um, but I followed the bodybuilding or the health and fitness type approach of eating, meaning I went through many different systems. I tried Mario D. Pasquale's anabolic diet, um, and, and I never had like bad, uh, not success on any of these. Like I, I got leaner, I, I accomplished things because they, they laid a groundwork, like they laid a structure. If you follow, you have a plan, things happen. Then I you know, started playing with like carb cycling, and then I went into more of a ketogenic approach. And then I just kind of bounced back and forth through all these things. But during this time, I'm also buying all of my supplements, my fish oil, my pre-workout, my intro workout, my post-workout, my probably at times my nighttime protein. Remember the casein when everybody used to think like yeah. you had to have your casein. Gotta be or slow you're gonna, protein yeah, at night. Yeah, you gotta have that at night or yeah. else like bad shit's going to happen. <laughs> so I was a victim to all that. And... I looked on my thing in 2010 one time. I looked on my account, and you can look back at your history, and I had spent $8,900. It's not a lot. I mean, it is a lot, but it's not a lot when you think about it. People freak out at first. I'm like, well, I'm buying like a, like how many months that is? Like $100 <laughs> a month in protein. I mean, it goes. But I looked at $8,900, and I was like, dude, I'm, st- I'm still not feeling as good like as I want to. I still like have bad digestion sometimes and this and that and my wonderful healthy breakfast of my oatmeal and stuff in the morning that was healthy was still causing bloating and gassing and things and I just didn't understand this stuff but I started thinking I'm like what am like what am I wasting all this money on on these supplements and these these following these rigid plans so I had a uh, that was kind of my day where I said you know what like I'm about being primal. Like that's when I was moving and crawling and swinging bells and, and really liked doing uh, movement arts with my powerlifting and strongman. That's kind of when I started shifting that way. And I was like, dude, this is natural. Like this is real. And what I eat should be natural and real. And I've spent seven years on a fucking scale all the time, weighing stuff out, trying to be a hundred percent precise and this and that and, and dogmatic and whatever I was in. And so I said, screw it. I said, you know what? I'm going to throw these supplements out, and I'm going to go back to just nothing but real food. Paul Check and Charles Poliquin, who we'll probably mention every single episode because they've, I mean, they were just the biggest inspirations in my life, biggest coaches, and they've been saying for day one, like, you eat real food, and you eat good, nutrient-dense food on a daily basis. And that, that's just like, that's how they became so skilled, Almost. It's funny. You watch like documentaries, you see thing. And I'm going to ramble on here because I remember when I saw Laird Hamilton in a documentary deal with Paul Check. And it was the first time that I saw somebody take out grains of somebody's diet. And, you know, so then Laird Hamilton was eating like tons of vegetables and fruits and lean proteins and lots of fatty uh, oils and meats and things. And so it wasn't like a ketogenic diet, but they took out things that were causing inflammatory response, causing gut problems. And I, you know, then Laird Hamilton's a badass and you're inspired by him too. So I started seeing that and I was like, okay, like 
I'm going, I'm going in. And I literally just started doing what, I don't know if you remember back in the day, remember the green strength meals I used to post about? Yeah. I do like a, it didn't matter if I wanted steak, I'd eat steak. If I wanted chicken, I'd eat chicken, salmon, I'd eat salmon. It doesn't matter, but I'd eat like as many vegetables as I wanted. Yeah. And I started realizing that like my, I get my protein in, I get my, my fats from the oils and, and the meats and stuff, and my avocado and my nuts and stuff, but I'm just going to eat the shit out of these vegetables and it fills me up. Yeah. I got the leanest I'd ever been in my life with no work, no tracking. It just happened. Yeah. Every one of my lifts went up like immediately. I'd lost weight because I was putting better foods that were digesting and I was actually utilizing these nutrients, you know? So everything changed and I was, I was sold instantly because I was like, this has, this is it. You know, this is like, this is what Jack LaLanne was saying. This is what Charles Poliquin was saying. This is what Paul Check was saying. Steve Maxwell, everybody's talking about like, you are what you eat. Yeah. And I think we know that as I, I'm blinded, but I see people all the time in the gym and it's like, there's not a single person who would put some shitty looking gasoline in their nice car out there. You yeah. know, none of the people that come in the gym, if you gave them a can of gas, they wouldn't put it in their car. Right. But they'll put shit in their body every single day, you know, and we, we wonder why we can't get to where we want to be. Um, but it goes a lot of, like we were talking about the very first time in our first episode where, where it's just like, man, you got to be accountable. You just got to look at your, your actions on a daily basis and you just got to start changing those and putting real food in there. And it will cascade. It will change your life if you stay dedicated to it, for sure. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you say it, and it, it sounds obvious because there, I, there's so much talk on, on social media and podcasts and everything else about we're, we're optimizing. We're going mm-hmm. to optimize performance and all this. And so much of that then almost immediately leads into discussion of with these supplements, right? That, oh, yeah. well, you know, it's a supplement that you're going to take, and it's going to help optimize everything. But I don't feel like I hear anyone else no, maybe. aside from the guys you mentioned that are sort of the old school guys yeah. talking about, but let's start what we you know. What's our baseline. Are we doing the right things from that foundational level? Are you eating the right food? Well, we can't fall. We, we got to disconnect ourselves with what's going on out there. People are trying to make a living. Sure. Like plain and simple. They've got to say something different than other people or create something. So why I love my three pillars, they're not, I mean, because they're, you can't argue them. Right. You want to you want to make some changes? Well, first let's get real food in there before we start making any damn changes. Like there's got to be a base, and the base is food. And until somebody walks in that door, that is 80, 90% all the time for multiple years or whatever, it's like, did I eat real food? Then the, my discussion with them is like, okay, cool, we can skip a lot of conversation. Like now we can start optimizing you as an individual. We can start figuring out what works for you of real food. And what doesn't work for you of real food? That's where those other systems start to, to come into play. Maybe you do thrive better on a ketogenic diet, but you're sure as hell never going to know that for the truth if you just go keto starting from your shit diet. You got to build the base and then strip away. So my motto is to try to fill anybody that I come in contact up with tons of good nutrient dense calories. If I, you know, if I make somebody overeat for the first couple of months, they enjoy it and they're like, okay, said I can eat as much as I want. They maybe they put on five pounds. I I've never seen that to be a problem. 
Right. Because it's usually somebody who was too bad on one of those extremes the other way, and that five pounds was like five pounds of life force that propelled them to the ability to then say, okay, slow down a little bit. Now let's let's portion, let's check our portions. Can't eat five sweet potatoes like that. You know, but it's, <laughs> it wasn't a bad thing because it gave them life to be able to like move forward now. And that's that's the number one thing. You want to move forward in your strength training. You want to move forward in uh, whatever cognitive like type of thing going on in your head with work or whatever it is. You have got to evaluate what you're doing on a, you know, not just on a daily basis, but the day before, the day after, and the day off. You got to be thinking about like, what is my nutrition doing to me? And until you're eating real food, you have nothing to base it off of. Like, don't tell me that you're, you don't sleep that well and your digestion's bad, but I know that you eat, you know, hamburgers three nights a week. It's like, man, think about that. You know how it is when you eat a, a terrible meal that you enjoy even. It's fun. We do that from time to time, but we know the next day we feel it. It's like, ah, oh, damn. Within an hour, there's right. immediate regret. So there is like, there's the day before of thinking about it for some people. There's the day of, which they did it. And there's the day after where it's like, oh, God, I didn't feel as good today as I usually do. You know, so it's it's not just a, a 24-hour thing. Right. It's it's much bigger than that. So you had mentioned that somebody may thrive on ketogenic. Yeah. You mentioned uh, maybe vegetarian veganism earlier. Mm-hmm. So it, without getting into the systems, right, mm-hmm. we'll talk about those. There's yeah. plenty of time for that on another episode. But um, but you, you believe that for the right people, there may be a place for those, yeah, but that's not the starting point. It's not the starting point. The starting point is to, to optimally try to get healthy and to give your body the chance to utilize as many nutrients and powerful nutrients, I'd say, uh, to, to heal, to, to build, to start to become baseline, to change biochemistry, and to change your own habits. Now, once we've started changing all of those, man, now we're sitting at a table. Now, now we can start nitpicking things. Now there are so many variables that are gone. But until a lifestyle is built, then we, you and I can sit here and just talk about all the variables that you need to change right. before you actually have a point. And the worst thing is when people jump into those diets and it's successful. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But when it's successful, then they become, this is the way. Yeah. That was the way that time, at that moment. Right. doesn't mean that's going to be the way forever. And your biochemistry, your individualism might change. Like, it might not be the way forever. Um, when we first met, I was very low-carb for many years. When I was doing all my competing, I was very low-carb. But I did a lot of backloading, and I did a lot of loading and different strategies. But now, man, I'm, I'm, much, I'm pretty carb-dominant. I'm like 50% carbs. And um, it just, man, it was, I'd, I'd say that shift was more mental than anything. And it, t- it did, for me, even knowing the stuff that I know, I still had to go through a mental shift. I had years of, of kind of staying away from the carbs, and now I had to bring the carbs in, and I'm not an idiot. I realize if I'm bringing something in, I got to take something out. And so restructuring things, and you start to realize, like, I'm feeling better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving better. Like, I've got more energy. This, this thing wasn't, you know, the end of the world. 
And this is, I mean, this is just, you've had years of experience trying all these things, yeah. all from a baseline of eating real food and yeah. going, and now going back to eat real food um, and finding that this also works for, for everybody as a starting yeah. point. But this is also, you know, when, to me at first, I think you could hear like eat real food. Okay. That just sounds, you know, whatever, but this is really, I mean, it really is almost a data driven approach because like you're saying, if you're starting from whatever random way you're eating right now. Yeah. And if that's the typical American diet, we know that that's probably pretty unhealthy. Yep. That if you're trying some sort of niche thing, we don't have any data right now. We, we, we have the, what's the worst case scenario, but if we can get you on a eat real food, let's just mm-hmm. take that from a standpoint yeah. of we're not necessarily going to worry about calories. We're not going to worry about the specifics of, of macros and all these sorts of things, but we're going to make sure you're eating real food for- yes. A period of time, that's where our data starts. So now yeah. we can say, how do you feel based on this? How does your weight fluctuate? Yeah. How does, you know, maybe even, you know, blood markers and things. I don't know if you've got yeah. it, if there's a place for that that fits in as well, but that gives us then the baseline that we can now start working with the variables like calories, like macros, like whatever comes next. Now you're a legitimate human. I mean, I hate to say it like that because I, I think about that on myself, but like now you're a human. Congratulations. of the time you eat what you're supposed to eat, (laughs) you know, and from us who enjoy real food and love real food and everybody that I know that I've ever gotten to change their lifestyle and start to to enjoy real, they love real food. They don't want to go back to other stuff. Of course, we both, we love going and getting a burger. We love going and getting some pizza. It happens. We know how we feel from that. We, we, now we're, you know, we know that world, but Real food always makes everybody feel better. And once they start to change their life and it becomes a custom and now their lifestyle, dude, the, the table's set. Now we start to do like, what is it? Weight loss, weight gain? Is it digestion problems? Is it, you know, um, just brain fog and things like that? Do we need to change things? That's when we can start playing. But until we've potentially given you the biggest chance of utilizing the most nutrition and fueling yourself, then we, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Uh, do you recommend people as they're starting out on this, this idea of just eating real food, do they start from the beginning of really tracking and journaling what they're eating to kind of help? Does that help with accountability or is that something, you know, we're going to worry about yeah. that after we create the baseline. Yeah. Um, do, you have, do you have a thought on that? Yeah, they totally can. Um, I usually try to just tell people like, don't worry about anything like eat, as it's the main recommendation, like eat when you're hungry, eat till you're satisfied, like, and go on, go on with life, like start to do things. So I don't really like to put restrictions on people at first, unless I feel like it's a case that like definitely needs one. Um, a professional athlete is a, is a different example of that. Sure. You know, there's been times when they, you need them in a caloric range. So things change, but the average person, they're either drastically under eating or they're drastically overeating. Back to those extremes we talked about. It's one or the other. So usually their metabolism is shit. And I've found even if they overeat good food, like I said, there's not this crazy spillover. There might be five pounds on a scale, but it doesn't show up in like this nasty looking adipose tissue that other, you know what I mean? All of a sudden their skin clears up. Their psoriasis might, you know, kind of go away. Like things start to change and it's like, holy shit. You know, I did put on weight, but my joints feel better and all this stuff. So at that time, it's like, hey, your goal is not to put on weight. So now we got to 
we got to go back and slow down a little bit and kind of examine what we're doing. So it might be good if somebody wanted to just take a, take a journal every day, just kind of, you know, start a food journal, write down what you're eating. It doesn't even have to be exact. It's just a daily note. There's something you can look back to and be able to see patterns and being able to see consistency over time. So you can make small changes because that's all it is. Yeah. Once we get to the base, it's just plug and play. Then it, it should be easy. The hard part is getting everybody out of whatever psychological world they're in, stuck to their their thing, into eating the real food on a, on a daily basis. And that's why I kind of like I laugh and I say it's not not arguable because I really rarely have a lot of conversations past getting to the base. If I get most people to the base, I, nine times out of ten, like they come back and they're like, "Man, you've changed my life. I feel so much better." Right. And it's like, keep it up. Well, I think you mentioned this in the first episode that. You know, if you if you take them from whatever their starting point is through a few months of of eating real food, if they went to their doctor and said, "Hey, this is what I'm doing now. Do you think that sounds right?" and the doctor's yeah. like, "Okay, you're eating real food. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that that's right." This guy told you to eat fruits and vegetables and <laughs> nuts and seeds and plants from the air. yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's laughable. Yeah, um, but. I had, you know, I tell a story real fast. It's kind of funny because I had a, a hockey player that I used to train way back in the day, and and I was I wasn't didn't have a lot of the same knowledge I have now, of course. But I told this hockey team that they should literally my recommendations were to like eat a paleo type. That was when paleo was hot, right? Yeah. So I yes, I told these guys not to eat bread and grains. One of the players, we used to go back and forth all the time, but one of them, he got a, ended up going up and doing some serious schoolwork and got his little PhD and doing all this with these other PhDs who blasted me. I mean, roasted me. I had like six PhDs just tear me apart. And I realized that they were all stuck in the system of the research of grains. And then I found it so ironic because I got blasted and they were like, I guess, medically or clinically right, you know, in their little PhD world. And I'm like, well, that was terrible. But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. I told a bunch of hockey kids that literally go to old Chicago three to five nights a week and drink and eat pizza because they had, they got cheap, like they sponsored them, you know? Yeah. So these guys are eating like shit all the time and drinking all the time. Yeah. And I told them to start eating proteins and vegetables and fruits and stuff. And I got fucking blasted. <laughs> like, that's the industry. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the world. And, like, so, you know, we're, we're fighting the good fight for health. We're fighting the good fight for movement and freedom in your life and in your body and in your mind. And there's – you're not going to find a healthy, happy person who doesn't have some good food and good nutritious habits behind them. It's just not going to happen. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Well, I've got some questions. Yeah. Um, these are maybe I. I think some of these are questions that you hear. I've heard people ask you. Some of these are questions I have for myself, and just sort of the practical. How do I make sure that I'm doing things right? Mm -hmm. And so some of these are like are pretty baseline questions, but again, I think they come up a lot. And so I wanted to kind of pick your brain on a few of these things. Uh, the first one is cheat meals, cheat days, right? Yeah. So you're talking about reading real food, but um, I hear people talk about that a lot. It's like, well, what about cheat days? And like, how does that fit in with this? Mm -hmm. Make it fit in. 
If you feel like you need to have it and you want it, then have it. The worst thing, I this is the one thing that I've learned personally that I've struggled with the most in my time. I've, I used to be a have a weekly cheat meal that was like epic, and I would pretty damn hard, you know. Not everybody has to do that. We're all just trying to kind of live life and have fun. So, but you need to just be real with yourself. You need to say, okay, like if I want this, I'm going to have it. What are my goals though? Where this stuff can can really fall in and, and screw you up is if you're an asshole about it. You do it too many times or you don't think about your goals. And, and what I mean by that is like, I'm going to have a weekly cheat meal. Cool. Go out, go on a date night, do it. If your goal is to lose weight, then you got to be a realist the other days and you have to sacrifice some. If your goal is not to lose weight, and you're just trying to live a healthy lifestyle, then enjoy that and let that happen when it happens or when you want it to happen and go back to eating real food. The kicker here is that most of the time, I think you've seen in here, most of the time when we start to get people changing the way they eat, they end up going out to a wedding or going to do something. They come back in here the next day and they go, like, I haven't had that in a while and it made me feel bad. Yeah. And they usually, you know, so it's a personal decision. What do you need? You need it, eat it. If you have real goals or real like things on the line, then man, be a, be a, make a conscious, smart effort. If you put it in there, take something else out somewhere else and make up for that. You know, that that's, it's just being real with yourself pretty kind of, much. It fits with that 80, 20 thing yeah. you talked about. 100%. That's kind of where you're at. That there's, there's margin for it, but. And I believe it's I believe it's healthy because it's good learning too. Yeah, I think it's healthy to have something that makes you feel like shit to overindulge a little bit, you know, to go eat that ice cream on a, on a night and you're like, God, it was good, but like I really don't need it as much as I like kind of crave it. Yeah, it was good enough tonight, but like I'm good for a couple of weeks. So that I'm glad you brought that up because I love ice cream. Yeah. I have a little bit of a sweet tooth. I mean, I, I love those things, but. I guess, how do I shift away from that? Like, I mean, I enjoy, like, is there something I can substitute in to help me as I'm cycling out of that? I mean, yeah. or is it, and is some of this just like that sugar addiction right now that I have that after that few months of me eating real food more, that that starts to subside? Yeah, we talked about that. Like where things, you know, that, that might subside eventually. Um, but it's really just about, I hate to say the same thing, but it's about like self analyzing, yeah. you know, okay, I'm, I've, I really like this ice cream right now. Is there something else that potentially brings me a little bit more nutritional value that I can kind of swap up a little bit? And then you're already winning. And then that decision, that, that sacrifice, it either keeps going if it needs to, or eh, just a little bit of attention. It really helped you out, you know, like, Hey, man, I'm, I'm only, I just do it like one night a week now. Yeah. And I don't eat near as much because I've kind of detached myself from that thought I have a little ice cream. Good. But at one time, it could have been like, dude, I need ice cream like, oh, like to, you know, to, when I'm stressed or like, you know, it could be three or four times a week all of a sudden. It's just changing that habit. So I think first, always look for something a little bit more nutritious that's, you know, something you, that you'll enjoy too. And it can still be a sweet. If you're eating ice cream, it can we can make... Um, I'm just making some up. We can make paleo cookies or something, you know, right. like we can find something that's a little bit better and we've already started that road to a better decision. 
Okay. Um, and then there's people who are just cutthroat. They're just, their mind says, I can tell myself I don't need this and I, I go for it. I don't, I mean, that's, that's a personal decision. You right. know, is it something you want to have willpower over or is it something you just want to try to, to find a better alternative, start to make some small changes and hopefully that carries out into, you know, weeks and months. Yeah. Uh, we, we didn't really talk about water. And so I'm kind of curious, yeah. obviously we know hydration is important. Mm-hmm. Um, some people carry around a gallon of water that they want to drink every day. Yep. Uh, some people just drink when they get thirsty. Some people don't drink water at all, uh, but I'm just kind of curious your, and this is again, maybe another episode in and of itself, but a quick philosophy of, of drinking water and hydration and kind of how that fits in with this whole nutrition, eat real food thing. The thing you're going to find out the most is that if you have a poor, poor diet, you need a lot of water. You need to be hydrating yourself. If you have a pretty damn good diet of real food, there are a lot of very, very hydrating foods. So, and, and those foods also have a, a chemical, like biochemical reaction in the way we absorb and utilize, you know, that nutrition as well. And that's, that's a whole weird world. But basically what I'm saying is the, the poorer your diet, the, the more you need to start trying to bring some water and life force and like cleansing yourself out, so to say. But when your diet is in, in check pretty good, you don't need near as much water as you think. Now you do, of course, let's not get twisted. You need to drink water. But that's the beautiful thing about eating real food. It's hydrating. It's hydrating for your fascia. It's hydrating for your brain. It's hydrating for your muscles. You know, real food potentially hydrates you more than shit. And so your water consumption kind of goes along with how your lifestyle is. If you're a, a healthy, athletic person, then you probably don't have a hard time drinking enough liquid because your diet also produces so much liquid inside your cells and stuff. So hydration, as, as you know, our biggest thing um, is getting hydration down first thing in the morning. You know, we just need to make a habit. If somebody can get up in the morning and get hydrated before coffee and stuff, they're setting themselves up. All of a sudden, they do that for seven days in a row. It becomes fourteen, becomes twenty-one. Now we're making huge changes. I like that. I need to get back to that. I've uh, kind of let that habit slide of getting up in the morning and having water before coffee. It's like, and and I, and I know I feel better. I have more energy through the day. There's a study recently that I just listened to, and I do not remember the specifics, so I'm going to kind of butcher this a little bit. But I I think I'm nailing it pretty right. They started examining like on a force production plate. Um, athletes, uh, let's see. Okay. So they give them like 20 ounces of water first thing. And then they do these force, you know, see how much force they could produce. And they found that when 40 ounces, for some reason, I had to go back and look at this, but 40 ounces was the average that didn't matter how big the athlete was like the size of relative of the different athletes didn't matter. 40 ounces was something that generally Everybody produced more force when 40 ounces was in the body. Hmm. Now, again, like there's, there's a lot more to this, but there's enough of a cushion. There was that there, water, I don't want to say water load, but it was like when we get a, enough water into those cells and things like, man, we're just capable of producing more force. 
so I'm going to go back and look at that study and we'll talk about it. But that's just something to think about that people are starting to examine that. I've also heard the thing back in the day, I've seen several different numbers put out, but I remember um, Charles Poliquin was the one who told me this and he was talking about a, a 1% dehydration can lead up to a 10% decrease in maximal strength. You know, and that's like really looking at like somebody is not just hydrated, okay. Like somebody's now on a negative basis. Somebody's hurting. Yeah. And that can impact strength up to 10%. So, man, that those are things that, that people just don't know how powerful things like that are. Like our daily walks, eating real food and fueling yourself. Like you don't realize like how far that can take you. And if people literally did 30 days of walking 10 to 20 minutes a day and eating real food and drinking good water, I'd, man, I'd be, I, I, we'd change more lives than P90X, <laughs> like 100%, <laughs> yeah. you know, because we'd, we'd teach, like, sustainable, real health. So that's perfect. Uh, kind of last question. I don't intermittent fast. Mm-hmm intentionally, I guess. Uh, but a lot of days, like I skip breakfast. Um, and, and again, this, I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of intermittent fasting. That's one of those systems that we can talk about. Yeah. Fasting is maybe a whole, a whole thing in and of itself, but I just worry, am I screwing things up by skipping, you know, I'll have coffee with like cream in it, you know, mm-hmm. and then maybe I won't eat to lunch, but I just worry that I'm, I'm screwing something up here. Maybe I'm making a mistake. I mean, how, some people say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Some, you know, there's a, the oh, calorie yeah. load. I don't I like know. to get some money off of that. <laughs> yeah, man. right. That's, That's when the grains came out. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah. Right. So we hear all these things, but I don't know. I just kind of worry, am I messing something up? And, and, and maybe that's too broad of a question, but it is a uh, broad question, but it, it can be answered easy. You're not messing things up unless you know, you're messing things up. And what I mean is like, let's just look from an individual standpoint if you are a recreational athlete and training some, you know, got some hobbies and small sports you play and stuff, you're, you're going to be fine fasting. Okay. If you start to notice like, Hey, like if you were trying to train green strength in the morning and then fast all the way till the afternoon and then go do jujitsu and get five, five minute rounds in your body's probably going to start to tell you something. And then it's up to you to kind of say, yeah, well, I could still fast in the morning, but I need a meal between these two things. And so we've really got to listen to our body and we have to, to understand that there's still certain energy requirements that we need for our brain and our function. Um, so I, I think fasting is a, a, a valuable tool, but I think a lot of people are getting a little lost in the fact that they just shut half their day off. Yeah. And so they've lost some weight and they think it's working. And it's just that this is not smart in the sense that it's like, hey, slow down. You can think about this for a second. Start thinking about how much food you need. That also fuels your brain. <laughs> and let's make sure we kind of get that somewhere in that week. So fasting for the, the weekend warrior, I think you follow the 16-8 protocol. You follow any, any type of protocol you want. They're all kind of the same thing. As long as you're getting enough fuel in in your window to support your lifestyle, you're going to be good. Um, if you're trying to do these crazy extended fasts, like one meal a day or, you know, 48, 72 hour fast, and you're still trying to like be a badass in the gym, uh, your body's going, something's going to tell you. So I don't have to answer that. Something's going to tell you. It's going to catch up. Yeah. 
And it's the only way you push through that is willpower. Yeah. And you'll know it. <laughs> well, I think that goes back. You, you talked about people getting sort of at those dysfunctional extremes of yeah. sometimes not eating enough or eating too much yeah. at, at an extreme level. And I think I, I would worry about that with people fasting sometimes that they're, that's what I worry them that they're like, they're going so far as that they're just not getting enough calories mm-hmm. to where it's causing other problems. Um, usually females, uh, I'm not picking on the girls, but usually, usually females, the number one thing that I, I've always seen is a hard time getting enough protein in. Now you shorten that window. <laughs> that's going to be even harder. Um, so man, I think like we, like we just said at the start of this, don't worry about, don't worry about things yet. Eat when you want to eat when you're hungry, what fits your lifestyle, what fits your schedule, eat real food. Does it look good? Do you want that fruit? Do you want this? Like eat it, enjoy it. Start to see how you feel for a week. Start to see how you feel in a month. Then start to make the changes and the small things you want. And, you know, we always, we want to talk about these systems that, that take away things and like do stuff. But the biggest system of all, the most successful dietary system out there that can never be duped is portion control. I mean, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's how much you're putting in. Now you might find a strategy that helps you dictate what you're putting in your mouth but at the end of the day, portion size is going to be <laughs> of king. You know, what, what, how many calories you're taking in. Yeah. No, I think that's perfect. And I think all my questions, you know, we have all these questions, but if you go back to the pillar of eat real food, yeah. that's going to answer most of them. Yeah. You know, I think that, that really does answer the well, majority of the questions. And I want to say it's like everybody's job or it's like everybody's hobby or field. Everybody's passionate about something. They know something. And if they were going to teach somebody that thing, as a true professional, they would know, like, I'm teaching you step one, and then we will go to step two. Like, uh, guitar. Nobody's going to teach anybody a solo before you start learning chords. It's just like every skill set has this. And inside us all as humans, we know it in our world. I'm telling you from my world what I get in the nutrition thing. You got to go back to eating real food. You got to change your life and your family's life and the lifestyle of what is in that fridge and what is getting consumed into that body. And when that is consistently really changed, it changes the conversation. What you were going to ask me next probably changes. And you, hey, there's a whole world you can play with, but you've earned the right to go play. So we got we to gotta get our daily walks in. We got to pay attention to our breath and just be happy that we're able to sit here and breathe a little bit for a minute. And we've got to start eating real food. That's, that's, that's the three pillars, and that is what I feel builds a strong base to then have the potential to do physically whatever it is you want to do. You know, Coach Luke, one thing I wanted to do I thought would be kind of fun is uh, this week you got a challenge for people. Maybe give them a yeah. coach's challenge this week until no. next week's episode. We're going to go with the – I guess I'm just going to call this the green strength morning routine. Okay. I don't know. Everybody does. There's a lot of people who are doing this. That's so not mine. But I want everybody for the next week to literally first thing upon waking, do 20 ounces of cold water, squeeze your whole lemon or a whole lime, either one, squeeze that in there, put a little dash of sea salt and drink that down. First thing upon waking, get 20 ounces of lemon water with a little sea salt in. And I promise you, 
by seven to 10 days, you will notice a difference. Like you will feel something for sure. There you go. Eat real food. And it's simple. Get that's hydrated. Easy, man. It is easy. That's actually, that's really easy. Yeah, absolutely. And I notice a huge difference when I do that. So tomorrow I've got a big bag of limes at home. That's where I'm going to start working through those. And I'm going to get hydrated. There we go. So as we get out of here, Coach Luke, how can people follow you on Instagram or social media? Where do you want to point people to so they can get a hold of you and send you a message if they've got questions or a topic they want us to cover? Instagram is at greenstrengthiv. And um, you can find a, you can leave me a message at the website at greenstrengthhq.com. Perfect. Well, thanks for being a part of the Green Strength community where we're getting back to basics to move forward in strength, movement, freedom, and life. And we'll see you next time on the Green Strength Podcast. Mm -hmm.